Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, he's worthy today. Oh, had he been good to you? Come on, I got no complaint against him this morning. What a great God he is. Amen. And let me tell you something. He's always on time. If I have ever in the couple of years that I've been here with you now stood in this pulpit in the absolute will of the Lord, it's today. Amen. Um, I was like a caged lion over there, and they were singing today. <clears throat> Simply because you just have to know how the Lord deals with me. Now, I can't speak for other preachers and how they get prepared and ready to preach, but I started preaching at 16, I'm 46, I've been doing this for 30 years now, and uh, after about that first four, five, six, ten, twenty years of trying to do good, just being honest with you, I figured out if I'll just do what he said, it'll be good, Amen. We like it when you respond. We like it when you help. Matter of fact, the Lord likes it when you help. He said of the children of Israel, they didn't enter in because they didn't mix faith with the Word. Every time you stand up and clap your hands, every time you say amen, every time you say praise the Lord, that's mixing faith with the Word. And that's what it's going to take to go in. And I figured that out. So I quit worrying about trying to do good. And I just learned how to sit down and entertain God's presence and hear what he was saying to me in the moment. And so I did that this morning after Pastor called. And I went and started talking to the Lord. And this is what he gave me, Psalms 100, chapter 100, verse 4. While you're turning there. It's always an honor to stand here, give honor to these two great men. What great leadership we have here at this church. Amen. Praise God. Wednesday was excellent. We were out preaching last Sunday. Sunday was excellent. I listened to it. I listened to it if I'm not able to be here because I don't want to miss anything that God is speaking and saying. Amen. God cares about us today. And uh, when I let you in on what he spoke into my spirit this morning, you're going to know from the very first note of this service God has walked into this room with intent to do something in somebody's life in this place today. Amen. Psalms 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his Name For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. I'm going to give you a title this morning, and it's going to make sense in just a moment when we tie all this together. And if you'll help me, we won't be long. We'll just let the Lord continue doing what He's already started in this place preaching today, your walls 
are only as strong as your gate. Your walls are only as strong as your gate. Would you put your Bible down? Just lift up your voice with me one more time. Let's go to the Lord. Jesus, you're in this place. Your presence is here. Your spirit is here. Your anointing is here. I feel you, Lord, in a great way in this house. I pray today, Lord, that you would put all personality aside. You would get me out of the way, Lord, today and speak directly, Lord, the word that you've laid upon my spirit. God, we'll give you all the glory. We'll give you all the praise. We don't want it, God, today. We pass it back to you. Anoint God. Do what only you can do in this place. We ask these things today in Jesus' name. One more time, clap your hands, shout unto him with a voice of triumph. You may be seated this morning. It goes without saying today that we are living in very strategic times. We could almost open every message today with that line, this world uh, is seemingly standing today in a total state of confusion. And because there is not a clear and a confident and a calming, assuring voice speaking, what happens is the chaos gets magnified. And the trouble gets glorified and problems get made to be bigger than they are. And it seems as though that's all that can be found. And because of this, there is widespread fear and panic over what's going to happen to our great nation and to our world. And we stand today and we enter this building today with many questions. And I could stand here and ask them Topics ranging from religious liberties and freedoms, global unrest, racial divisions, political corruption, all types of things we're facing in our world today because there are so many things that are weighing on and warring against our minds and our hearts and our spirits. And it's all happening today simply because, my friends, the prince and the power of the air is simply doing his job. Hear me this morning. The Bible warned us, Woe unto all you that inhabit the earth. Satan has come down to you in great wrath. That word wrath is orge in the Greek. It means very strong anger, vehement passion and anger. He told us in another place that the enemy was sent to be a terror to us, the original and instigator of terrorism is the adversary that we face today. He tipped us off later concerning his tactics. He said his agenda and his motive, John 10, 10, is this, that the thief cometh not only to steal, kill, and destroy, and ultimately revealed that he would attempt to simply wear us out and rob from us the sacrifice that belongs to God. The Scriptures today even caution us that the enemy's working on a time clock, and because of that, you can expect a never-ending, constant, relentless attack. And that's why every day you go to your computer, 
or you walk outside to pick up your newspaper, or you flip on the news channel and you see all of these things happening right before your very eyes. And it can be overwhelming, and it can be discouraging, and it can even make us wonder and possibly fearful today if we're not careful. But I've come to tell you today that if you think the devil is winning, You've not read this Bible that I've just read those things to you from today. Because when I read the Scripture, I understand this morning that He is not the orchestrator of all that's going on, but He's simply playing an instrument right along with the rest of us. Come on, somebody. And before fear grips your heart and destroys you this morning, you need to find some things that's written in this old book. Some things like you are the head and not the tail today. Some things like your heel shall bruise and crush and destroy his head. Some things like when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Things like no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Come on, somebody. We should not be acting uh, like the rest of the world this morning. Uh, We're not hopeless. Uh, We're not helpless today. We shouldn't be dumbfounded. We shouldn't be panicked by what we see. But we should be shouting from the rooftops, it's time to look up. It's time to look up. It's time to look up because our redemption draweth not. Come on, the church needs to be screaming in this last hour. We need to be looking at those who have come to the end of their rope. We need to be telling them before you take those pills, before you pull the trigger, hang on just a little while. Before you give up, you need to meet this man that we know. I found some people in this old book And I know that it was written a long time ago, and for some it's just an old, outdated, antiquated thing. Some have spit on it, and some have denied it, and some think it's just a fairy tale. But I'm going to tell you today, one day I met the author of this book. Come on, somebody. Uh, And he isn't as crazy as you think, uh, because he didn't just author this story today, uh, but he finished it uh, as well. Uh, And yes, it was written a long, long time ago, but when they hung him on Calvary, because they thought he was an imposter, the story that he started in glory uh, finished here on earth. Hang on, I'm going somewhere this morning. Because when he said it is finished, the sacrifice had been offered and the blood had been shed and humanity was not only given hope, but she was purchased and she was redeemed. And I found her in this book today where it said these are they Come on, somebody, which come out of great tribulation, and they have washed their robe in the blood of the Lamb. Their robe, this flesh, this suit that we all wear today has been made clean by the blood. How you know it's us? Simple. Where'd they come from? Tribulation. What'd Jesus say about it? In the world, last time I checked, 
That's us. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I've got good news for you in this house this morning. Your tribulation and your trouble and your problems and your circumstance were never meant to be your stopping point today. And if you could just get your eyes off of your situation and the trouble and get them back on him, you could be like David and said, I'm going to look to the hills from which cometh my help. See, David understood something uh, that I think we've forgotten, uh, that, his, uh, that his hope uh, was never going to be found uh, on the level where he was at. Come on, you got to quit looking on our level for the answer today. Uh, that's why the church uh, shouldn't be looking what's coming out of the governor's mansion or the White House or the political agenda or some natural battlefield somewhere because our answer's coming from on high. Our answer's coming at the sound of a trumpet and when the king of all kings is going to ride in here. Come on, because when he does, the one that has tormented so many and the one that has destroyed so many and the one that has tried to steal your kids and your sanity and your sacrifice and your strength will be bound and cast into a lake of fire never to be heard of again. Why? Because the book said in the end the dragon prevailed not. We're on the winning side today and somebody needs to remind your spirit I'm a winner today because of the blood that's been applied. I'm telling you this morning this world may be in a mess but our story does not end here. Come on. We walked into this building today and we, we should give him praise just for what's happened in this house. We should give him praise for what we felt. We should, we should all just give him one more shout and go home. But I've come to tell you something today, if you'll allow me. This world has a lot of questions today. She's full of them. And if you look around, it seems that she's on the brink of collapse. And despair and heartache are the story of our land. And it's got a lot to do with us, the church. What do you mean, Brother Hodge, today? I'm telling you, this world is confused because we aren't living like we believe what I just said. And instead of being the force for change, the church is facing her own set of questions. And as every generation before has done, we too have been challenged by the winds of doctrine, perverted teachings led by flesh agendas, and they're shaking up the religious world. People that I thought was so solid seeing being shaken in this hour, even in the ranks of the apostolic Pentecostal church. There are questions and there are debates and because of it, the enemy is sowing confusion at every single turn. 
And hear me today, the heartbeat of God has, was, is, and always will be to find a people that will truly worship Him and honor Him as God. God desires a people that know His Word. He desires a people that know His nature. He desires a people that know His love. It's His desire. It's His heart's cry today. It's His only God's hungry for a people, a people not preoccupied with their own lives, not overindulged in this present world, not affected by things beyond their control, but he's searching for a people, a radical people, a people looking for a city this morning, a people that know him and are doing exploits even in the face of great opposition. A people who can serve him even in trouble. A people not after him just for his works. But a people that's after him for his will. God's looking for a church that can step on the scene of this world and lead people out of their miseries and out of their messes. This world needs a church today. Not a weak fellowship club. Not a network hub for friends. Not a prayerless, powerless, faithless gathering. They need a church. And because today we are not ignorant of Satan's devices, the church should be screaming right now. Oh, it's going to get loud. It needs to be loud. We should be louder than ever, stronger than ever, more focused than ever, more intent than ever before. Yet instead of the church getting stronger and louder and hotter, sadly it seems she's getting colder. Can I bear my soul to you today? It seems that the church is content to cycle through the religious motions, have a little midweek devotion, throw in a prayer meeting here or there, roll into Sunday, sit on our pew, sing our songs, preach 15 or 20 minutes, dance around the altar, head out the door. We've done our duty. We paid our tithes. We kept our traditions. We're not backslid, at least not like the world. But I ask you this morning, are we still like him? Is he still the lily in your valley? Is he still for you the pearl of great price that you sold everything you had to buy the field? Is he still your everything and your all? Is what we're doing here today still the highlight of our week? Or is it just another mark on the to-do list? I didn't come to be mean this morning. I just came to stir up our hearts and challenge us just a little bit. And to say, Pastor, you, you struck me Wednesday. It's time to fall in love with Jesus again. Come on, somebody. Why are you preaching like this? Because I fear that we have lost the awe of His presence. And when that happens, we're on very dangerous ground. 
Because our purpose and our position pivot on our proper response to His presence. When the presence of the Lord moves in, like it has done today, what we leave here understanding, the purpose that God wants to put on us, and the position God wants to put us in, pivots always on a proper response to His presence. See, Lucifer lost the awe of His presence, and he was eternally kicked out. Saul lost the awe of his presence and immediately was stripped of the kingship and lost the throne of Israel. And if we are not careful, we too can lose the awe of his presence. But let me tell you what it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us our children. It's going to cost us our church. It's going to cost us even our own souls. And I've come preaching this morning. It's time for some of us to get it settled in our mind. We can't play games. This can't be punching our Christian time clocks. We've got to get out of the cycle. We've got to get out of the routine. We've got to quit just going through the motions. And we've got to be the church that God has called us to be. Come on, somebody. It's time to get serious again about your relationship and your walk with God. It's time to put Him first in everything and all that you do. We're just a few days removed from Thanksgiving, but it's time to be thankful again. It's time to worship again. It's time to find Him again. Psalms 100, one of my favorite psalms from King David. David, the man after God's own heart, the king, the leader, with both great stories, and I love this part, some not-so-great stories. What I love about David being distinguished as a man after God's own heart is the fact that nothing's hidden from us. All of his flaws, all of his errors, all of his inconsistencies, the Lord put right there for us to see. And he was still called a man after God's own heart. Quit letting the devil... Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. Hold you captive to a mistake so you fail today. Guess what? God knew you would fail. That's why from the foundation of the world, He created a plan and a Savior to get you through it. Come on, that's why He went to Calvary. And some of you come in and you're so beat down and you're so trodden down because you've made a mistake and the enemy wants to exploit it. And every time you feel the goodness of God, he brings it back and back and back. I wish you'd let him know today that blood that was shed on Calvary has made you free. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, it's made you free today. See, some of us, some of us, we've got more faith in the judgment of God than we do in the justness of God. 
Come on. His justness or His mercy is made new every single morning. Every morning you wake up, a fresh wave of mercy washes over you. A fresh wave of God's goodness washes over you. He knows you're but flesh. He knows there's an enemy after you. And before you even say a word, His mercy comes to see if you'll trust Him or not. That's why it said His blood cleanseth from sin. That ETH means it never stops. Honey, it keeps on cleaning. It keeps on restoring. It keeps on covering what you're allowing the devil to torment you with. Oh, come on, somebody. You need to let the Lord reveal himself anew and afresh to you. Because you ain't made it to the judgment yet. That's an appointment to schedule for you after your funeral. So you need to walk into the presence of God and you need to stand up and you need to open your mouth and you need to lift up your hands and you need to let the Lord know, I know I'm not worthy to be here, but thank you for the blood. Thank you for the cleansing blood. Thank you for forgiveness of my sin. Thank you, Lord, that you'll let glory and mercy and goodness visit me. Come on, I feel like telling somebody, uh, you need to quit punishing yourself. Uh, You need to quit listening to the devil today. You need to get up from the lie of a past failure and step into the blood-brought promises of God for you today. See, unless you do that, you're being defined, you're being defamed, and you're being denied what rightfully belongs to you. And it's because you're standing in the counsel of the wrong presence. Oh, that's why it's so good when the Lord moves in like he has today. Watch David, the warrior, the leader, the overcomer. He knows something about how to entertain God's presence. Let me just tell you this morning, if you're going to make it in this world, in this world, if you're going to survive the winds of false doctrine, if you're going to one day walk on streets of gold, you got to learn how to entertain God's presence. I'm not talking about with your talent. I'm not talking about with your gifting or your ability because when you rely on those, they can fail you. They can trick you and deceive you. I'm talking about your spirit today. I'm talking about your attitude. I'm talking about your heart. we got to learn how to get back in God's presence. We got to learn how to respond in God's presence. So many very talented and gifted people fall by the wayside. Why? Because they learn how to operate within their own abilities. And they forget it's not about that, but it's about His glory and His presence. You can't do this by yourself. You must. You must. It's not even an option. You must have the anointing if you're going to make it in this hour. And see, the, many, the, the reason many of you are struggling and, and, and it feels like you just can't seem to get it figured out and all the questions outweigh the answers is because you've been robbed of being able to walk into God's presence. 
See, before you'll ever get the healing, you got to learn how to get into his presence. Before you'll ever break the chains of addiction, you got to learn how to get into his presence. Before the Holy Ghost can ever prevail in your life like it was designed to do, you got to learn how to get into his presence. And David was teaching us a lesson here in this writing about how to get into God's presence. In Psalms 100 verse 4, he declared, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. See, there's an attitude and there's a spirit that's got to be present from the very notion of approaching God if you want to gain access to Him. And it starts at the gate. You don't get time to warm up. You don't get time to step in check it out. You don't get to see who's preaching. You don't get to see who's singing. You don't need to get to figure all that out. Oh, come on, somebody. You either approach it correctly or you're not coming in. You know what? You, you better be careful with people who tell you you can come to God any way you choose. You can come to Him any way you are. He'll take you how you are. But you got to approach Him like He said. Because there's a gate to come through, and if you can't get through the gate, you can't enter. Why? Because the gate was very important to the security of the city. Isaiah 60, 18 said this, Violence shall no more be, in, be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders, but thou shalt call thy walls salvation, and thy gates praise. See, we love our walls in the Pentecostal church, and we should. We just came out of a class. You guys that missed it, y'all missed a great class. Rebuilding Jerusalem. Nehemiah went back to reestablish, and the first thing he did was reestablish the walls. And we love our walls, and we should, because it's the walls that silence the violence. And it's the walls that stand against the wasting and the destruction. They separate us and they secure us. And they should be esteemed for what they are. But without a gate, they can quickly change from our refuge into our prison. And this is where I wanted to get to today. Brother Toby, you can get ready because I only got just a minute. God's pleased with you, church. He is. You've been faithful. You've stood firm in your convictions. You've remained steadfast in the doctrine. You have much to be commended on. But before I leave this place today, I want to tell you what the Lord said this morning. You're only as strong as your gate. And the enemy knows if he can get your gate he doesn't need to lift a finger against your wall. <laughs> See, he's willing to concede to you the walls. He's totally cool with that. He wants you to get confident in your salvation. He wants you to boast of how secure you are behind your walls of separation. Go ahead. Stay there. 
do your own thing. Just neglect the gate. See, that's why a service like this morning is so important. When the presence of the Lord moves in and people start to worship Him and people start to entertain His glory and His goodness and praise starts to sweep into this. Can I just be real with you? A few years ago, we would have never made it past that. A few years ago, some of you folks with gray hair, you would have latched on to what was happening right there, and we'd have had a Holy Ghost meltdown in this place. A few years ago, when the presence of the Lord moved in like that in a Pentecostal church, you couldn't shut it down. You couldn't throw water on it and put it out. You couldn't do anything against it. But today, I need to make sure I get to the restaurant on time. There's a football game coming on in a little while. Let me just let them few radicals shout just a little bit and praise just a little bit. If I just let them get their little praise on, I can get on about my day and I can do what I Oh, I ain't trying to be mean to your church. I'm just telling you, your salvation, your walls can become a prison if you don't make sure that you've got a gate to go through. I don't want to come in this house all saved and sanctified and glorying in who I am and what I've experienced and not be able to feel the unction and the tug of his presence but every day I want to come in with thanksgiving and praise and glory and honor unto his name Come on, somebody. How long's it been since you laid down your rust, since you laid down your tradition and said, Lord, I don't care if I'm here all day. Your presence is in this place. <laughs> See, I don't have time this morning. I'm getting out of the way. I don't have time. I don't have time. But you got to understand the gate was the most important place in the Old Testament cities. It was at the gate that business took place. It was settled because we can't let that get into the walls. Health inspections took place at the gate because we can't let that get into the walls. Priests sat at the gate. Everything was judged at the gate because we can't let that get into the walls because they understood no matter how big we build the walls and how great they are, if we don't protect them at their most vulnerable spots, we'll just be locked in here behind this with all of this. You want to know why there's so much confusion in the church and why we don't have any more victory than anybody that's out there? It's because we've neglected the gate. We love our walls so much. We've been told what it meant to be saved. And we walk in here and we know we hadn't been doing the things that we're supposed to do. We know, Pastor, that our commitments have been short, but we're so puffed up about our big walls that we forget there's a way that I approach Him. There's a way that 
that I enter. It's called thanksgiving. It's called praise. There's a way you get into the presence of God. And some of you have forfeited so many victories because you're secure behind your walls. And God's trying to tell you they're only as good as you. Oh, I'm not trying to be mean this morning. I'm just trying to stir the awe of His presence back up again in somebody. I'm trying to tell somebody this morning, come on, you need to revisit your gate. You need to revisit your place of entry. You need to revisit when you come into the house of the Lord. Am I coming the correct way? Am I approaching Him the right way? Come on, here's some questions for are you? Has your worship been limited? Has your praise been hindered? Were some of you just a few moments ago when the glory of God was trying to shake this place loose? Was there a time when you'd have done more than you did today? Was there something maybe you wanted to do, but there was just something holding you back? Oh, come on, I've been there. I'm big enough to stand here in these shoes and tell you I've been there. I've been there when the presence of the Lord prompted me to do something, and I sat back and said, Lord, I don't want to look like the oddball. I'm big enough to tell you that today. But I'm telling you, the enemy's content to let us sit behind these walls, come in here and go through our routine, come in here and pretend like we've done something. But if we want to get in the presence of God... We got to make sure we approach him the right way. We got to make sure that every time we walk through the doors, it's with thanksgiving. It's with praise. Come on, somebody. What do you do when you know something's under attack? Do you sit there and hope it resolves itself? I tried to preach to you today. There's some things the enemy's trying to steal from us. He's trying to steal these things from us. What do you do when you know you're under attack? I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to get on your feet. You need to open your mouth. And you need to call for help until one of two things happens. Either help shows up or the enemy wins. Look, I don't do this. I don't do this for any other reason. I want to see Jesus. I want to make heaven. And when I know I need his help, I want to get his help or just let the enemy win. Amen. I don't want to play any games today. I don't want to do all of that. But I want the Lord to step in and do what he wants to do. My last statement, and I'm turning these musicians loose this morning. God said to me this morning very early, he said, if they'll call, I'll respond. If they'll get a hold and guard the gate, I'll secure the walls. I'm telling you, there's a spirit of, an, of revival upon us right now. We've been saying it in that classroom that we've been in. Some new folks have started to filter through here. The Holy Ghost has been being poured out, and some of us are so caught up. We're not even tapped in to what God's doing. We're not even spiritually aware of what God's doing. It's just I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm 
I'm where I'm supposed to be today. I'm sitting in my seat. I'm occupying my place. Pastor's not looking for me today. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, he's looking for you. He's looking for that fire you used to walk in this building with. He's looking for that passion you used to walk in this building with. Would you stand with me today? I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I've offended you in any way today. But from the first note of this service today, God's been in this house. This was an ordained word to hear today. This was an ordained word to hear today. Don't get so secure in your walls that you forget to give glory to the one that built it for you. Call your walls salvation, but call your gates praise. It's the only way we stay in touch. It's the only stay, way we stay connected. It's the only way we're going to walk into this place and see the glory of God and the presence of God move in here like we did today. Come on, there's still work to be done in this house. There's still needs to be met in this house. There's still things God could do even in this moment right now. Come on, we haven't even scratched the surface of what God has in store for us. I wonder if some of us would say, you know, know what? I think I'll give you a shot, Lord. I wonder if we would start opening our mouth and begin to lift up his name and begin to call upon his name. Come on. Some of you hadn't done it in so long, but I promise you if you're called today, the Lord will respond.